Hello, I'm Michael D. Eisenberg. I'm the Tech Savvy Lawyer, blogging at the Tech Savvy Lawyer page and host of the Tech Savvy Lawyer page podcast. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing lawyers, judges, and others in the area of law to talk about where they see lawyers and the advantage of technology in their legal work and how all lawyers can utilize technology to better the practice, improve their services to their clients, and enhance their own law. The podcast will try to stay focused, asking each guest three questions and asking the guest to provide their top three best answers for each question asked. There is no right or wrong answer as each tip may or may not be the right one, but it may springboard an idea for you. And along the way, you may learn something. My next guest is Jeff Richardson of iPhone JD. Jeff is a partner in the Norlings office of Adams and Reese, where his practice areas include appellate litigation and complex litigation. Jeff is an appellate practice specialist certified by legal specialization. In 2008, Jeff started publishing iPhone JD, which you can find at www.iphonejd.com. It is now the oldest and largest website for attorneys that use iPhone or iPad in their practice. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. Great to be here. Fantastic to have you. And I'm super excited because we're both iPhone, Apple, iPad users in our practice. And I wanted to ask about what is your tech setup today for work? Well, you know, work means a different thing in this age of coronavirus, yeah. um, since I, you know, rarely go into the office anymore, um, although I have that option occasionally if I need it. So most of the time that I'm getting work done now, I am at home using uh, my iPad, um, my iPhone, and uh, my iMac. Uh, I have a nice iMac with a 27-inch screen that um, I can use to connect to all of our firm stuff, and I'm sort of going back and forth between the three of them, and it's uh, it's been working great. Fantastic. I mean, so... Would you say use one more than the other or? You know, it just depends. I mean, ironically, I have a firm issued uh, laptop, PC laptop, um, but the way that I am currently set up is it's just in my office um, in downtown New Orleans, and I just can connect to that either using the huge screen on my iMac, which works great, or um, sometimes if I just you know feel like a change of environment and I'll be working downstairs or outside or something, I can access that computer using my iPad, um, or a lot of the stuff that I can do, I can just use the native app. So, I mean, I'm, I'm using everything and going back and forth. And frankly, with the monotony that we have of COVID-19 of forgetting what day of the week is it, it's sort of nice to be able to use technology to change things up a little bit while still being productive. Well, if I may ask, how, how do you log into? Sure, there's lots of ways that you can do that. Um, we have two that we can use at our office. We have something called Citrix, so I could get into like a virtual Citrix environment mm -hmm. on my Mac or my uh, iPad, and that works well. What I prefer to use is we also have something called Log Me In, which is just you know remote access. And so my um, computer at work has to be on, but I leave it on 24-7. It's, it's always right. on. And then I can just, and I like that, um, I can access it from whatever, you know, I, if I took that laptop home, then I would always have to be working on that laptop, which, you know, the screen is not as good and it's, right. I, I'm, I'm not a biggest fan of that. Whereas by leaving it there and by accessing it remotely, I can just do whatever I want from wherever I want. If I'm in my study, I've got my huge 27 inch screen on my iMac and it works great. In fact, my work computer looks better via my iMac than it does when I'm in my office. Um, but if I am downstairs and I'm just on my, uh, my iPad and I, want, I need to jump on there to pull something out of our document management system, I can just you know, load, up, load up the Log Me In app, 
do what I need to get done, get back out, and then I'm you know using Microsoft Word or email or whatever it is on the iPad. So um, just using lots of different tools. But I mean, that, those are the tools that I use. There's obviously many other solutions out there. Log Me In is one that I've used for a long time and I like, but I know that there are um, other remote access programs that people enjoy as well. Like, you know, I'm not as loyal to any one particular app as just uh, as I am the, the idea of being able to access things remotely. Now I use Parallels Access, and that's usually mm -hmm. when I'm on the road. I need access to my main computer, and I don't have my laptop with me. And Parallels Access allows me mm -hmm. while I'm in that virtual environment. Can you do the same with log me in into the Windows environment? You know, that's not something that I have tried before, um, because usually when I'm in that PC environment, there's really no reason for me to be using a stylus. Mm -hmm. So I have, actually don't know if it does work with that at all. But you know, before you know the, the, the current situation that we're all living in, for years and years, I was using LogMeIn the same way that you did. Whenever I traveled, and, and in my practice, I often travel quite a bit. In fact, I'm mm -hmm. licensed in Florida, and for many years, I was going back and forth to Florida to try cases and stuff. But oh. um, when I'm when I'm getting around, I mean, I, I my iPad's the only thing I take with me. And uh, for all the things on which I, I want to use a tablet, it's perfect for that. But for those times when like, gosh, in a pinch, I just really need to do this using, you know, quote unquote, my firm computer, I just tap one button and use the log me in app. And there I am on my firm computer. And, uh, and then when I'm done, I get off. So for, for attorneys that travel, I've always been a huge fan of remote access. Um, now, ironically, we're not traveling. We're all staying in one place, <laughs> sheltering in place, as it were. And yet the tool is just as useful for a different reason. Well, I, I think my last question, uh, just along this line, is you know, how do you handle, what are your security concerns, if any? I mean, not really any, because everything that I'm doing remotely is all using secure connections and stuff like that. I mean, my log me in stuff is all two factor and everything. So I'm not concerned about anyone else getting access to it. And of course, I would get pinged if anybody was um, accessing my stuff from something that's not recognized by our firm. Um, like, like many law firms, we, we got into two factor authentication in a big way a few years ago. And so pretty much anything that I'm doing when I'm accessing my firm remotely, whether it's you know, I can just open up a, a browser on my computer or anywhere else on, a, on, a, on an iPad and I can log into our firm's webmail, but you got to go through a two-factor thing first to authenticate that you are who you really are using the Authenticator app. Uh, we happen to use Microsoft Authenticator, but all mm -hmm. the Authenticator apps work the same way. And so, and I love that security of knowing that I have the ability to work remotely as much as possible and yet we've got everything just super locked down between you know, the two-factor authentication, so I have to have both my password and a code that is only on my phone, which is always on my body, so I know that you know, it's not like I have to worry about somebody else in the world guessing my password or something. And then you know, we also have logs for our system. I mean, I work for a large enough law firm you know, we've got, um, you know, about 250 attorneys, I suppose, that we actually have like an IT department. So we have folks that are always looking at our logs and stuff just to, just to make sure that nothing is unusual. I mean, right now, for example, it would be very unusual to have anybody connect to our system from anywhere outside of the country. Heck, out, even outside of the region would be unusual. So that would definitely set off red flags. And so it's uh, just another way to, to look out for security. So, I mean, I, we, we could talk for an hour right now just about security issues because they are so critical for attorneys in this day yes. and age. And, yes. you know, every day I hear stories about, you know, law firms having their network, you know, come down because somebody mm -hmm. clicked on something in a phishing email. And, but it is, it's a huge issue. But if you've got people that are devoted to that and really focused on it, um, it's, it's a management, I mean, it has to be manageable because we have to have a way to get through the world. So, but that's a, that's a huge topic. 
We, you know, it's funny. I was watching on Netflix part of a stand-up by John Mulaney uh, from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> and he, he talks about how, you know, he had a friend contact him. You know, why did you send this link about Viagra? Because apparently he actually <laughs> clicked on it. I mean, you know, I, it's, I find it funny that anyone today would willingly click on a unsolicited link. Yeah. You know, especially when it kind of has all that funky language. A little more common sense is needed by some people. Yeah, and it worked both ways. I mean, I would hope that nowadays, if anyone, certainly if any attorney, gets an email from somebody else saying, hey, I'm in a real pinch. Can you quickly right, right. you know, send me an iTunes card link or you know, any of those things? It should set off such red flags. Um, but I'll tell you, I mean, what, one of the things that we do are, at our firm uh, is, is we have these you know, sort of educational programs that you know, constantly remind people about, you know, here's examples of phishing emails. This is what you should be looking out for just to double check headers. And there's mm -hmm. just endless things that, you know, the, the bad guys, unfortunately, get more clever every time. But, um, and, you know, it's frustrating, too, because in this current world of COVID-19, where we're all out of our element, you know, we're working from home, we've got right. you know, kids homeschooling around us and everything else, right, right. it can be easy to have your guard go down. Mm. And, um, and yet, this is the very time when the bad guys are trying to take advantage of us the most. So it's, uh, it's tough. But there's, and there's, and there's easier for them, too, because they get to do it from home as well. That's true. That's true. Very good point. Well, well let's get into the questions. Uh, okay. My first being is, what are three go-to apps that um, you use during the COVID shelter and home crisis? Yeah, you know, before, when, we, when you and I were first talking about setting up this discussion, it mm -hmm. was before this crisis, mm -hmm. and I would not have put any sort of a video app in it. But now I have found that that is just such a, a big part of our life. Um, you know, you and I are, are recording on Zoom today, yep. and I just had something on GoToWebinar, and here at uh, the, the firm that I work at, Adams & Reese, we use something called Microsoft Teams. I mean, there's mm -hmm. there's so many different options that you can use. I had a, a call with my family. We all sort of got together, just people from family members from different parts of the country using, we all have iPhones, so using FaceTime, right. yep. and that was sort of nice too. But, you know, I have never been using all the video apps as much as I've used them in the mm -hmm. past. And uh, so, but on that, I will tell you, and folks should know that I, so many people that I talk to associate any sort of video conferencing with a computer and computers can, you know, work great on that. And though most computers don't have um, fantastic uh, cameras, but our mobile devices in many cases have much better cameras than what oh, you yeah. get on oh, a computer. Yeah. And, and you have the ability that you can, you can go anywhere. So I can be taking a video conference in my, you know, in my study or, you know, as long as you have a good enough Wi-Fi, you know, pretty much everywhere. So one thing that I would encourage you is that if you are like I am, in this world where you're doing a lot more video conferences than you used to do, get the apps on your iPad um, because the iPad is a perfect device for a video mm -hmm. conference. You can just set it up. It's got a nice, big, beautiful screen. The camera, even the front-facing camera is pretty good, and you have a lot of, uh, of options. You know, people joke about with video conferencing having these, you know, fake backgrounds that you pretend like you're in front of the, the Golden Gate Bridge or something like that. Right, and many right. people do that because who knows what's going on behind me, whether it's the kid running on the camera like that <laughs> famous BBC video yeah, yeah. Or, uh, or whether it's just that, you know, my house is not as neat as I wish it was. But when you have something like an iPad that's just so easily portable and you can set up anywhere, it's, uh, it, 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 works, it works great. You have millions of options. And of course, you can do that with a laptop too, but it, an iPad is all screen. And when you're doing video conferencing, that's what you want is just a nice big screen and that's that's what it is so it works it works great for that so that would be my one tip is you know there there's not one particular app because there's so many out there but uh whatever it is that you're going to be using 
and I suspect it's more than one of them, uh, get up to speed on them because it's great to have the option of either using a computer or your iPad or your iPhone, just depending upon what your, uh, your needs are. Well, are there any other apps that you might use on your iPad that are not related to video? Oh yeah. So, um, you know, in one of these I was certainly using before, uh, COVID-19, but I'm using even more now. I mean, I guess two of them I could say that for, um, you need a good app for managing your PDF files and, you know, especially nowadays, you need to be even more self-sufficient than you were before and having access to all of the, for if you're a litigator like I am, having access to all the pleadings or for an, an appellate attorney, I do a lot of appeals mm -hmm. to have access to all the record in a case. Just having it all in one place yeah. on your device means that you can do anything from anywhere. You never have to worry about, oh, where is that red weld or, you know, do I have that binder or, or what is it? Everything's just right there. So you need to have a good app for that. And the, the one that I currently use that I uh, really like is um, called PDF Expert, which is a fantastic app. In the past, I've used another app called, um, called Goodreader, which is also very good. Um, but PDF Expert's my, uh, my favorite one right now. It allows you to sync with um, lots of different services. So you can have some things on Dropbox and come in. You can create folders that are local just on there for private things that you don't want to put in Dropbox. And it has it's, it's a great organizational tool for folders and subfolders for organizing your cases. So you have like the Smith versus Jones case and all of your subfolders, you know, correspondence and pleadings and whatever else. But it's also um, has some good annotation tools too. So for me, you know, whether I am reading a bunch of cases that I downloaded from Westlaw, I can just sit back on a chair on my couch with my Apple pencil in hand and I can go through and I can highlight things. Um, I can, you know, write little annotated notes on the sides. Um, you know, any, any of that stuff works so much better on an iPad, which is a lot more like, a, um, like holding a legal pad in your hand right. than a, a laptop, which can get, you know, sort of cumbersome and you, you don't really have the ability for most laptops to, to write in handwriting on it to mark, marks things on the side. It just works so great. And, and that's just, and, then, and you know, likewise for contracts and for parts of the record, right, and, right. you know, so much of what we deal with as attorneys is, con is uh, documents and um, having all of your documents in a single place and the ability to annotate and move any of them around in, a, in one app. Um, gosh, it's, it's just a, it's a fantastic thing for attorneys to have. Well, let me ask you, talk about managing PDF files. I have not been able to find a program for an iOS program that will allow me sync all of my office, an iPad. I, I yeah. mean, literally all, like all the client files, not just the Word documents and whatnot, that going down that, uh, that directory tree. And, you know, with Dropbox, I know you older and star and offline for, you know, the times when you don't have internet, because that's the, that's my mm -hmm. major concern is when I don't have internet access or I need it quicker than the, the internet's providing me then. Have you come across any good, uh, file management because I'm yeah, yeah. happy with what I'm seeing. Absolutely. So, I mean, first of all, you know, Dropbox is useful, um, but the Dropbox app, I don't use it a lot on my iPad for the reason mm -hmm. that you just identified, that unless you star things to always be available, you, you, right. you need to depend on having a good connection. So the way that I use PDF Expert is that I will have a Dropbox folder of the documents in a particular case, which are public, you know, things that are filed, you know, Right. And most of the things the litigator is on the public record. And um, so I will have that folder on my computer that has all the pleadings, for example, in a case. And then right. I will just tell PDF Expert, sync this folder. So it always has as a local copy of all of the documents. And whenever something changes on my computer, it takes a few seconds to come over. And likewise, right. if I annotate something here. And so that way, you know, I could literally disconnect the internet from my iPad 
right now and I would still have 99% of every document that I need. Right. The only thing I'd be missing is, is the most recent things that were added to my computer. And so, um, so I absolutely use that. What does make it a little bit cumbersome, um, and this is going to be true for any device you use, is you know, our documents can come in so many different places because I also have some documents that I just don't feel comfortable using Dropbox. Although I actually think that Dropbox's security has come far beyond what it used to be in the past. I mean, I know many attorneys that keep their entire practice and Dropbox and I don't criticize that but just for myself I have a lot of documents that are the more you know higher level of secrecy that I don't necessarily feel comfortable using Dropbox for and you know how I do that it, it just depends. Um, some things I will email to myself and have a part of PDF expert that has things that are not synced um, depending upon what document management system you use for your law practice um, you know we happen to use one called iManage and my law practice you know we there is an iManage app that I can get access to things from there. And, and so certain, some things live on there. So, um, you know, I can get to everything, but um, there's not, you know, it would be great if there was literally 100% of all of my files, like you were suggesting, were all right. available the same way. It's not, it's not perfect, but it right. is, it's more than close enough that, um, you know, out of the, the small times that I stumble between, you know, it's easy enough to get through it. Well, and for me, that's why an iPad is not the laptop kill because I can't take the whole office. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to be uh, inhibitive for a lot of attorneys who are not going to feel comfortable leaving the office if they want their full office with them, like when they're on travel for work, or they're going on vacation, when they don't want to realize, oh, I forgot to have one document to put on my device. But yeah, and, that, and what, you, what you just said, I hear all the time, and it's true that an iPad... Um, and, and there's ways that it's better, but an iPad is not a hundred percent of a laptop computer, you know, depending upon who knows what the number is, it's, it's 90% or 80% or whatever that number is. Right. But at the same time, an iPad is a lot of things that a laptop computer is not. Um, I mean, this might be sort of a good segue. Another app that I was going to talk about when you were asking me about, you know, really useful apps is the, the GoodNotes app that I use to take handwritten notes on my iPad. You know, there really is no GoodNotes on a computer. You could use OneNote, but it's not quite the same thing. It doesn't allow you to have this fantastic stylus like the, the second generation Apple Pencil is just out of the park amazing. Mm -hmm. And you can sit there and you can take notes and you can, you know, drop in, you know, snippets of, of, a, of a, something that you copy and paste from a, from a graphic or from an exhibit or whatever, you can have all these rich notes. Um, you know, there's nothing like that on the computer. There's nothing like a lot of things on the computer. And so, you know, what you need, what different people decide, you know, what's the best tool for the job, you know, saying, you know, I can't edit my Microsoft Word brief on the iPhone. Well, of course you can't. The iPhone's not made for that. You know, there are some things that the computer is best for. There are some things that the iPad is best for. There are some things the phone is best for. There are some things that my Apple Watch is the is the best, quote unquote, computer for. It just depends upon the task. But um, for me, I find the iPad is the one that, of all those different tools, it's the one that I find most useful for being productive um, when I'm working at home or, or out of the office or wherever I am. Well, that kind of uh, leads into our next question. What is what are the three benefits uh, of having an iPad in the office, whether it be home or brick and mortar building? Yeah, I mean the idea that it sort of replaces the legal pad um, in 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 everything that that means. You know, when I think of the the pre the early days of my practice, I've been practicing law since 1994. So you know, way back when I was starting in the 90s, you had your 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 
legal pad, you had your paper, everything was in paper, your paper documents, you know, everything that you put in a folder, you know, the iPad is truly the replacement for all of that because I can take my handwritten notes on it. My, my quote unquote documents are all electronic and I can take notes on them and everything is just there. You know, that works much better than a computer. Um, now it used to be that when I then, you know, someone who writing briefs was a huge part of my practice, especially the appellate part of my practice. Right. It used to be that whenever I wanted to sit down and work with a Microsoft Word document, that's when the iPad would go to the side and it would have to be the computer. But that has changed a lot over the years. Um, in fact, it's changed a lot over the last few weeks. Just this year, Apple updated the operating system on the iPad so that it now has really good support for a, a cursor, whether it's through mm -hmm. a mouse or through right. a, a trackpad. And so now you can have a setup where you can just have any sort of Bluetooth keyboard. I just have a, a simple, an old Apple Bluetooth keyboard, the ones that right, right. come with many computers. And I set it up in front of my iPad and I have my mouse. And um, you know, when I'm working on documents, it's pretty good. Now there's one missing piece, which is that when Apple did this update a few weeks ago, they brought everybody way up when it comes to using a mouse. But to get to that, that over that final barrier, the individual apps have to be updated to, to take the most advantage of the new cursor right. support. And of course, all the built-in Apple apps do, and they work fantastically. Um, Microsoft Word doesn't yet support it. And so for example, as I'm using a mouse with the Microsoft Word app on my iPad, um, as, as you move it around, the, you don't have like an I-beam moving around the same way I would in a computer. But I know that Microsoft is going to update for that because Microsoft has done really a fantastic job over the last few years of uh -huh. keeping their mobile apps up to date. And, you know, once that comes, I mean, heck, by the time that this podcast comes out, this <laughs> Microsoft may have already fixed this, you know, then it's going to be there. And then the thing that the iPad was traditionally not great on, you know, just being a word processor, um, it's going to be really good on. And, you know, I, t I tell you, I, you know, for me, my, the, the, the current situation of working at home with COVID-19, you know, sometimes I want to be in front of my computer, but sometimes, you know, the kids are doing something in one part of the house and I just want to be in another part of the house. It's going to make the most sense for me to be sitting, right. you know, wherever it is and having this truly portable device like an iPad that can be my notepad, but it could also be if I want to sit there and work on my brief, it can do that. It's, it's, it's really like the, it's like the Swiss army knife. It's, it's the jack of all trades. It gets everything that I need done within one package. Um, and for me, that's a lot more sophisticated than a simple laptop computer would be. Not that computers aren't great too, but, um, but for me, I just feel more powerful like that. Well, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like it, using an iPad in the office, in addition to taking good notes or, or notes, you know, on the move within the office, it allows you to be a little bit more focused mm -hmm. to write those briefs. It does. It's because it's more of a single task at a time. Or, right. I mean, when I'm in my office, I mean, the other thing the iPad's great for is a second screen. I know, uh -huh. do you have a, a, one, a one screen or a two screen setup in your office right now? Three screens. You have three screens. So there you go. You're like NASA with all the mission control. Um, I only have the one screen for my computer, but my uh -huh. iPad sits next to it. And I've got the 12.9 right. inch iPad, which is a big screen. And, you know, it is essentially a second screen. So if I'm drafting the memorandum on my computer, the iPad is showing me the contract or the part yeah. of the record or yeah. whatever it is. And, um, and so each has their own task and I'm using both at the same time, or e even as simple as, you know, having emails up on my iPad while I'm doing something else on the computer. And if you've got multiple monitors for a computer, you can do uh -huh. some of the same things too. But then when I need to go down to another attorney's office down the hall to talk about something, I can't pick up 
that right. external monitor and walk down the hallway with it. Whereas my iPad, I just pick it up and walk down the hallway. And whether I'm in someone else's office or in a conference room, you know, everything I was just doing just just moves right on over right there with me. And um, I know if you have like a laptop in your office that you hook up to external screens, deciding to be mobile, you know, involves unplugging some cords and moving around and stuff. Right. Whereas the iPad, it's just, you know, lift and go. So Now, are you a connect your iPad to your downtown work? Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of like using the log me in app that I was talking about before. So no, no, what, I meant more in the sense of as, as a, excuse me, as a second screen. Um, there are ways to do that. And I haven't you, I mean, and I know that those apps are out there and I've, and mm -hmm. I, as I'm sitting here, I forget the names of them, but um, I have not, I haven't really found it all that useful to do that because the iPad I think the, I, I find that the iPad works better sort of getting things done in its own world and its own way of doing things as opposed to simply being a dumb monitor. But I do gotcha. know that those programs are out there. Um, but I feel like if I was going to do that, I would just get a, a true second screen. Whereas if to have the iPad that I can take advantage of, you know, all the, 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 the combination of power and simplicity, I want to be using the iPad operating system for that as opposed to it just being a dumb screen. Um, I have tried it a little bit though, like, sitting in front of my iMac at home, um, you, you can make your iPad into a second screen just using the built-in. Uh, it's one of the things they added. Yeah, exactly, sidecar. And uh, it does work. It's sort of interesting. Sometimes I'll be playing a video on the main screen, and instead of making the video real small in a corner, I'll just move the video off to my iPad. Right. And it's, 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 it's sort of weird. <laughs> it's a little magical how it works. But uh, but I have to admit, it's, it's probably much more of a gimmick than something that's a, a part of my workflow. But I can totally understand how folks would use it that way. Yeah, and, and for the listener, you know, for Apple, their iPads, um, you can connect wirelessly, or actually maybe it's Wi-Fi, well, forgive me, you can connect it wirelessly, iMac or your Mac Pro, mm -hmm. and have an extra screen where that function is not inherent in iPad. Right, but there, I know that there are third-party, um, you, you can do it um, using other software, right. and I've tried it in the past, but um, it's cool that it works, but for me, it hasn't been part of my workflow. Well, so tell us, now that uh, COVID is upon us, what do you see as the three way? What three ways do you see as the new norm for attorneys now post COVID? You know, all eventually of, comes. Yeah, you know, all of us have have had to become a lot more um, self sufficient because you know we're not there with the attorneys that we work with right next to us, or you know, the secretary or paralegals right next to us. I mean, not that right. we can't connect to them, but so I, I feel like. You know, like it or not, all attorneys have been dragged kicking or screaming, screaming into being more self-sufficient. And I suspect that that's something that's going to continue into the future, whether it's because you're using your iPad more or it's because you're using your, you're, you become that much better a user of your computer. Um, you know, that's going to be a big change. Another thing is along this, the same, you know, the idea of having electronic documents and you know things in PDF format and stuff is nothing new, but it goes hand in hand with being more self-sufficient is having everything right there at your fingertips. You know, we're we're now in the point that as you know, mail comes into physical mail comes into our office. We have a skeletons crew that's there and is scanning right. things and sending it to us, so we still get orders from the court. And you know, I think it's going to bring people even more into that true um, paperless world. Another thing that I think is going to be different is um, communication is going to change. And I feel like I've gone through this once before. Um, I live in New Orleans. And so we went right. through Hurricane Katrina back in mm -hmm. 2005, where suddenly, you know, of course, you were separated from other people because of the storm. But, um, you know, telephone systems were not working and, and everything was down. And it was it was. But at that point, it was when many people, including myself, 
sort of discovered texting for the first time. And this was back in the time when you had like the number keyboards. So you had to do like, you know, two, 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 four, four, six, six, six to make all your letters and stuff. And, um, Texting just wasn't a big thing. And then suddenly, everyone in the city of New Orleans became texting experts after Katrina because we found it was the one way we could communicate to each other and make sure that your, your relatives were still safe and sound or if they needed help. And, um, and I feel like we're seeing a little a version of that through COVID-19 because of software that you use to interact with other people. And part of that is the video, like I was talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. But just to give you an example of that, at my firm, we're using Microsoft Teams and Microsoft Teams has a video conferencing aspect of it, which works well, but it also has sort of a, a chatting aspect to it and a way of communicating with people that way. Um, not unlike what people have been, you know, other apps that people have been using for years to do the same thing. But I feel like more and more people are finding that there's ways to communicate with each other using uh, technology you know, other than just talking to people in person. And, and, it, and if you've been using Slack, this is nothing new for you. But I have a feeling that a year from now, there will be attorneys in my office who I will be using the, like the Slack-like portion of Microsoft Teams to send these quick little text messages, although they're not text messages in our phone, just within the firm system and stuff like that. Um, I think, I think that we're, that's going to all carry over. Um, and with video as well. I mean, I, when we all go back to normal, which hopefully is soon, uh, I suspect that now that we've all learned that you can do video and it, it does work, I think it's going to replace a lot of um, of meetings. Um, you know, wouldn't be in, wouldn't it be interesting if you know it starts to become an option more and more for courts? You know, already appellate courts are scheduling oral arguments to be by video phone, and trial courts are doing the same. You know, I think that th- some of that stuff is going to carry over. And frankly, I look forward to it because as we all become more tech savvy and communications, you know, it takes if anytime you can reduce the need to drive across the state to go to a hearing that maybe you could have attended by a video conference. Um, that's just a, you know, a great efficiency. I recently had to fly out of state for, um, Chambers Conference Midwest. And, you know, I was rather surprised that I wasn't allowed to just do this by phone. And this was pre-COVID. Now I'm going to end up having oral arguments in the matter or no Chambers Conference or Microsoft uh, kind of conferencing system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but on the flip side, I, I know talking about courts getting ahead, uh, the for the Department of Veterans Affairs, the Board of Veterans Appeals, um, they have been talking about doing virtual hearings where the veteran is at their home, at their office, or at their home office, and he's in their office, and all done by video. And uh, they were just kind of testing it, but then they accelerated once COVID hit. And going fairly deep, that it saves me a lot of time for getting ready to go downtown, going downtown, waiting for our hearing where we are in line, and then to go back to the office. It, it saves me anywhere between three to four hours a day yeah, for those yeah. hearings. So it, it, it is beneficial. Yeah. But, of course, uh, you also make sure you appreciate more of the things that you miss with that, you know, the serendipity of running into people in the hallways, right, and, you know, right. talking to opposing counsel. And much like I hear about, you know, things that were supposed to be in-person conferences, they're talking about replacing them with virtual conferences, which is, you know, works pretty well when it comes to watching some speakers speak, but mm-hmm. it, you lose the lose the human connection of being able to just have the hallway conversations and, and talk to people. So, um, but I think that we'll probably find a happy medium in that it's right. going to be, um, no one will have wanted to go through this, uh, much like none of us wanted to have to go through Hurricane Katrina to learn how to become right. really good texters, right. <laughs> but it is a silver lining to a bad situation that we all come out of this a little bit better. Well, one last uh, thought on what you were just saying is that, you know, I think that when you get the client or the deponent in testifying in front of a judge, yeah, 
carry so much more. I'm sure that's that, the case. That's my, been my personal observation. I, you know, I'm sure others make different thoughts. Um, but Jeff, I do want to thank you. Uh, I, uh, you and I had a, a little history trying to get this done, and I'm grateful for you to, uh, for pushing through. And this has been fantastic. And um, thank you. Oh, of course. Um, Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, so if I may ask, where can people find you? Um, so, uh, I work for Adams and Reese as my law firm. It's, uh, adamsandreese.com or, or arlaw.com. But most people know me from the, the writings that I do on using an iPhone or an iPad in your law practice. And for about a dozen years now, I've been publishing iPhone JD, which is at iphonejd.com. And, uh, take a look there and any tips that I come across for being more productive with those um, Apple mobile devices. I, I share them as I come up with them and uh, as, as people send them to me. So uh, to take a look at the website and, and follow that if you want to learn more. Are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I am Jeff Richardson on Twitter. And um, I, uh, and most of what I post on Twitter is sort of just, you know, iPhone related stuff. And then if you just, if you're a Twitter user and if you want to use that to follow iPhone JD, you can follow iPhone JD on Twitter. Every time there's a new post on the website, it is automatically tweeted. So it'll show up in your, uh, in your stream. Fantastic. Thank you, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Tech Savvy Lawyer Page podcast. I hope you enjoyed yourself, learned something new, and we'll come back again in about two Tuesdays for another podcast. If you have any ideas about the presentation, questions about what we discussed today or ideas about future episodes, please leave comments on the blog or email me directly at michaeldj at the Have a great day and happy lawyering.